0: Today, I'm really excited to welcome Juliette all the way from Hamilton in New Zealand, which is in the North Island of New Zealand. And today we're going to hear about her progress with her rheumatoid arthritis. She's got a transformational story, how she used the Patterson program for rheumatoid arthritis and how she was able to eliminate significant inflammation all the way from the back of her spine and jaw all the way down affecting so many joints into her feet. So uh, Juliet, thank you for joining us today. I'm really excited to hear what you did.
1: Thanks, Clint. It's really exciting to be here. Thanks for having me on your show.
0: Yes. And we've connected uh, a little bit here and there on Instagram prior to setting up this interview. And then you reached out and said, hey, you know, I've got this you know, great outcome and I've spoken to my rheumatologist and I've had a milestone um, based on the discussion with him, and I said that's fantastic. You've got all of the all of the ingredients to make for a fabulous interview. So let's start with well, well first of all, before we hear you know your journey and and the and the, that kind of how things evolved. Tell us, you know, how bad were you at one point? Like, how significant were your symptoms?
1: I'd have to say, at my worst point, I had it from my jaw, my neck all the way down to my ankles. So it was pretty much throughout my whole body. So my hands were really bad. And they were getting to the stage where even during the day, it was hard to make a fist. Before that, it was just morning and night, but it was, you know, getting to be all day. So Mm. I didn't have much relief during the day. Right. So it was was getting pretty worried where it would go next because you never know when you wake up in the morning where you're going to feel it. It's just mm. quite scary in that way.
0: Mm. And what about now? How do you feel today?
1: Fabulous. Um, I'd say every now and then I get a little bit of pain in my wrist, and that's about the only place I ever get it now. Everything else is pretty much resolved. So, um, yeah, no, so good. So much better. I'm so excited.
0: It's yeah. great. Well, awesome. Okay, thank you. Let's, let's get into some of the details. Um, before rheumatoid arthritis, you actually uh, experienced another serious health condition going back 11 years. You got breast cancer. Um, I did. Yeah. Talk, talk us through that and then we'll lead, you know, lead from there into the rheumatoid.
1: Sure. Um, it was about 2009. I um, lost quite a bit of weight and discovered a lump. It was about the size of a pea. Um, went to my GP, went in, had some tests done. Interestingly, even though I could feel it, it wasn't showing up on the mammogram because I still had dense tissue. So um, they did an ultrasound and found the lump. So I had a quite a wide incision lumpectomy. The breast cancer was estrogen positive, which means that the estrogen in my body was feeding the breast cancer. Then I had radiation and chemotherapy after that, and then I did five years of tamoxifen and arimidex, which is like a estrogen-blocking drug, so it drop, blocks all the estrogen in your body, so if there's any cancer left anywhere, it will stop it from growing. Um, that was probably the toughest part of my treatment because when you don't have estrogen, because um, estrogen, I think, is like your youth hormone. So, not having estrogen was pretty tough going for five years. So, yeah, that was pretty tough. But, do you, does
0: your gut tell you that these, the treatments um, may have played a role in later developing rheumatoid?
1: They do. And I, the only link I can, I've read about is that. I think because it plunged me into early menopause because I was 45 when I had the breast cancer. So it plunged me into early menopause and then I started to get a lot of UTIs. So, and I know that comes with menopause for a little woman. So then I had a lot of antibiotics. So in that way, I do think it contributed. Um, the treatment as well, probably, I don't know in what way, but probably it did. Mm.
0: No, I was just, um, you know, just thinking out loud as you were talking there and hearing it for the first time. We had a small group meeting, which I've been running recently. Just as you know, a small group of us uh, in a uh, video chat like this, and one of the participants, you know, sees a dramatic link between hormones and rheumatoid, and we know of the link. Because of a, you know, all the science, the evidence is there in the medical literature. And uh, I had a guest on about two years ago uh, called Dr. Richard Matthews, and he went into all the details and all of the complicated ways in which hormones are related to, you know, the autoimmune process, inflammation, and so on. So, you know, when you were speaking about the treatment afterwards, I thought, I wonder if all this hormone adjustment activity uh, unbalanced the body. And yeah, we know of the hormone and uh, uh, rheumatoid link. So, and, but then, then you went on to add after that, that you had all these antibiotics for UTIs. And Dr. Michael Greger put out on his website, nutritionfacts.org, a video about the link between UTIs and rheumatoid arthritis oh, uh, there's right. a, uh, under the umbrella of, is this possibly one of the contributing factors as to why women get rheumatoid arthritis more than men? Now, you know, it's not one of the leading theories, but it's a theory and it's as valid as another. So anyway, I believe that a lot of stuff that you went through all unbalanced your system, the antibiotics, the hormone, you know, uh, disruptive treatments. Yeah, most definitely. So um, I always like to try and piece the puzzle together. And I, and I think that is if we can understand the why a little more, it helps us then to move forward and say, okay, I can settle into the the way the world works and I can accept that and I can move forward. It's when it happens and we cannot see any conceivable reason that yeah. that's a little bit more, I don't know, it's not as, it's more unsettling when we're trying to then go forward and, and work on it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it sure is. And and I would imagine that it would have unsettled all my systems because, um, yeah, certainly um, there was a lot of symptoms with not having estrogen in my body. You know, my skin got very dry. So I imagine internally, like probably my gut wasn't good. My head space wasn't always good. You know, mm-hmm. it was like thing. It was like being six weeks pregnant, you know, when your hormones are up and down and you're all over the place. That's how it felt like. And it was wow. about five years of that. So it's quite a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that morning sickness phase. You don't really want that to go on like that no. amount of time. Yeah, that would have been very unpleasant.
1: Yeah, it was so pretty
0: horrible. You, you got through all that. Um, and then uh, a few years later, uh, how did the, uh, the rheumatoid arthritis start?
1: It started one morning in Melbourne actually. I just woke up. We're visiting my daughter and I thought I could feel my my hands felt funny that and it was a funny feeling. It was like well, it's really hard to describe. It's not like you banged it or anything like that, but I just went to make a fist and I couldn't. And I thought, what the heck? Mm. And anyway, during the day they came right and then Slowly, I started to notice every night I couldn't make a fist. Yep. It was the main symptom. And, um, yeah, then by the time we got home, I noticed that um, I started getting tingling in my hands and almost like carpal tunnel, and my little finger and my ring finger went numb. And then I saw, got lumps on my palms, and it yep. was almost like, um, they described it as trigger finger because my fingers were starting to go like that. Yeah, yep. Um Then I got little lumps on, that, on the outside of my wrist here, mm-hmm. which, which was like a puffy swelling. Um, my fingers would swell up. They were like, they looked like polonies on the end of my hands. Um, yeah, and just very sore. And I actually went to physio because I thought maybe I've done something. And she thought I had, um, she thought I had, Tunnel, so <clears throat> she put me in well, some wrist guards for about a few months. Yeah, so they, they just got very sore. I had to sleep with my hands outside of bed, dangling down because I went so numb at night time. But by about three or four o'clock in the afternoon, I couldn't make a fist. I was about here, yeah. And the physio wasn't helping. And then she sent me to a specialist for Kapu tunnel. Um, so while I was waiting to see him I noticed that my shoulders started to get really achy and I couldn't lift my arms up to mm. take clothes on and off, it was really difficult. Trying to get, my husband and I have a tandem bicycle and just trying to get into Lycra to go for a bike ride in the winter was just a nightmare because you have to have arm almost leg warmers mm. and they're very yeah. tight and trying to get all that on was just a nightmare. Um, yeah. And then I noticed it started going to go into my knees um, and there's some steps track that I do and I couldn't even get up and down those tracks anymore because my knees were getting so sore. And then it started to go down into my ankles, which was really painful because trying to work and walk and it was just like so hard. Yeah, so I've got quite a physical job, so that became really difficult because I couldn't Although I'm a team leader, I couldn't get in and work with everybody at work and do the lifting and everything. Um, so I just went around supervising a little bit and having to go into the office and do other, like, office jobs, which was really hard because they probably thought I was skyping off because no one can see how sore you're feeling. You look like you're fine, but, you know, no one knew what pain I was in. Um when my jaw went, that was horrible because if I opened my mouth too wide to try and eat something, like I couldn't eat a burger or anything like that because it would kind of lock and I'd get a searing pain in my jaw. Um, and the last thing to get really sore was my neck. So sometimes if I moved it in a certain way, I'd get shooting pains up into my neck, which was really painful. Yeah, so I just I didn't know when I woke up in the morning where it was going to turn up next, and then I. You know, you used to think, oh my God, is it inside? You know, like you're worried about your internal organs if it's on the outside and then your joints because there's all little joints inside everywhere as well and And I just thought, I don't know where this thing's going next.
0: Now, before we get into, uh, uh, so what we'll talk about next is your, you know, rheumatology visits and then uh, getting on to the Patterson program. And you're going to share all of the details of how, you know you use the program effectively and reveal the uh the the most important aspects of it for you and how quickly the symptoms went away and 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 how much and how, or how little you did of certain aspects of it so we'll talk about that in just a moment but i just want you to comment on you know how was this compared to the cancer i mean i know it's 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 like you know it's almost it, the two worst things you could possibly want. I mean, uh, tell us, uh, how did you view these situations with that reference point of having had cancer before?
1: Well, I link it back to when I actually came out of the rheumatologist appointment and I thought, oh my God, that is worse than my, my cancer diagnosis. I'm not talking about anybody else's diagnosis, but in particular mine, because... I had hope, like they gave me hope that once they took the lump out and gave me that treatment that I had a good chance of recovering from breast cancer. This, when I came out of the rheumatology, because I went by myself thinking this is just, you know, arthritis, I'll be fine, you know, but when I came out of there I thought oh my goodness, I don't know where this is going and I, this is forever. The way he made me feel was this is forever and I had to take his drugs, which was, hello, there's chemo in here. And I'm like, oh, great. Um, and I just thought, this is forever. And he said to me, these drugs are going to take 10 years off the end of your life. And I thought, oh, that's, you know, less breast cancer, I had a chance. They gave me a good chance for my type of cancer of having a good recovery. But this was just like, a life sentence and oh yeah, that was the first time I felt really, really scared. I thought, oh my goodness I don't know where this is going. I don't know. Yeah, I felt really scared and I didn't have any treatment hope. The treatment was almost as bad, not as bad as, as rheumatoid but, you know, not great. It's not great. It was ongoing treatment They he said to me, you're going to be on this for the rest of your life whereas Chemo and radiation was a short term, you know, and then hopefully a recovery after that. But I didn't see a recovery after this.
0: So, oh my gosh, yeah, I was, it's,
1: I... <laughs> I was scared.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, I've I've said before that you know, you know, both are just such awful things. And whilst rheumatoid doesn't have that sort of uh, life-threatening, immediate, terrifying angle to it. You know, at least when there's a cancer situation, friends and family rally behind you and give you support and sometimes even funds are raised for individuals. Um, And there's all sorts of, um, you know, positive energy and prayers sent to the person and you can do this and get through this. And, gee, just as you've described so, you know, effectively and uh, vividly, um, when it's a rheumatoid diagnosis, no one shows up to that. That is like, this is ugly. This is lifelong. This is awful. This is miserable. Here are the drugs. See you again. And I'll see you again. And I'll see you forever. And that is just, as you said, there's no hope bundled up in that package. So goodness me. All right. Well, let's keep, let's quickly get on to our under the good news, um, and and that'll be um, when you started making lifestyle changes. Can you tell me um, though what drugs what drugs were you put on or suggested to go on, and then we'll talk about your implementation of the Patterson program.
1: Sure. Um, so I went to see my rheumatologist privately, um, and I walked in there, and he said, "So what do you think you have?" <laughs> and I said. Uh, Dr. Google tells me I have rheumatoid arthritis. He said, well, Dr. Google is right. Um, I, he said, I think you have seronegative rheumatoid arthritis and basically I'm a drug dealer and you will be on drugs for the rest of your life. He and said I'm
0: a drug dealer?
1: Yes. So he basically told me he was a drug dealer and I would need him in my life. And um, That's extraordinary. He did. He, he thought he was being funny. He was saying it jokingly, you know, hmm. but you know how a lot of specialists aren't that funny. Um, yeah, so, and I said, well, what about diet and exercise? And he said, well, dear, you can try your copper bracelets, but you'll be back.
0: Oh my gosh, it's it's awful, and isn't it? And it
1: really it- made me really determined. <laughs>
0: You know what, Juliet? what frustrates me is you're not talking about a situation that happened 25, 30 years ago where the Dark Ages exist. You're talking about, what, two, two and a half, three years ago? Yeah, yeah, 2017. Oh my gosh, yeah. Okay, well, some people have a long way to go with their education. Um, Tell us us what worked uh, and tell us how you did it.
1: Okay, so... I did go on methotrexate, I went on, and I was on it for eight weeks. So in week four of methotrexate, I, my husband Googled rheumatoid arthritis and diet, and he said to me, because we were paleo at that stage, um, we'd been paleo for about a year, and he came to me and he said, we're going to have to go vegan. And I'm like, what do you mean we're going to go vegan? He goes, vegan it's the thing for like Google vegan and rheumatoid arthritis, which I did. And then I found Patterson program. So I watched your TED talks and, and one day I would down, you know, listen to all your podcasts and everything. And I said to him, yep, I'm going to do this Patterson program. And he goes, what's that? And I said, I'm not sure yet, but I'll let you know. And he goes, well, if you're going to do it, I'll do it with you. And I'm like, Oh my God! This is a meat and potatoes man rugby player. used to be a rugby player now a cyclist. No way is he gonna go vegan That is not going to happen doesn't even like vegetables anyway. so um downloaded your program and you're recommended to start i think with the juice fast on a weekend so that you can kind of relax but if I'm near a fridge, I'm not doing a juice fast. So I decided to do it um, during work. So I took my juicer to work and I was juicing at work. And I um, have to say, in the start, I wasn't a fan of the juice. Um, but anyway, I did the juice fast for two days. On the second day of the juice fast, um, we were sitting in the lounge that night, and I was making a fist. Mm. And I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, I go to my husband, look, Look at this. And he goes, what? And I said, look, normally I'm about there at nighttime. I said, and he's like, oh my God. Uh, he did not do the juice fast, by the way, but yeah, he let me do the juice fast. Um yeah, so that was that was the second night of the juicing. I was able mm. to do that. Um, and I was so excited. And so then I followed the protocol of the foods to the letter for the yep. um and, And I'd have to say by day seven I didn't have much pain and my joints had all lessened Um, and I think the first to go was my jaw pain and then my neck pain, so that was really exciting. Um, And I didn't – I followed everything to the letter. I didn't have too many bumps in the way. I was pretty much able to reintroduce all the foods in the right sequences and – got to absolutely love the juice after about two weeks I love it so I'm sitting here with my juice now it's one of my favorite things now but yeah I managed to introduce everything really quite easily and I would say within two weeks I am I was pretty much pain-free and able to get out of bed in the morning without just having to go straight in the shower to warm my joints up because what I had to do before that, I had to warm everything up in the shower before I could actually get going to get to work. Um, so I was so excited. Um, and that just really got me enthused. And it, I think the reduction in pain so quickly allowed me to stick to the program pretty, yeah. And I got to really love buckwheat and quinoa, and I love green vegetables and my once I got into the sequence of foods my husband was doing that part of it with me and that's pretty much when he went plant-based as well
0: yeah that's fantastic yeah Um, so when did you come off the methotrexate
1: I only stayed on the methotrexate for another four weeks after doing the Pedersen program and I was a bit naughty I didn't consult my rheumatologist I and, and hindsight, I would probably have done that and come off it. I was only on ten milligrams, but I just stopped it, which I know is not a good thing to do. But I was feeling so good, and I thought if I pain comes back a little bit, I will start it up again. But it didn't, and um, I was very lucky. And it, yeah, so I just went off it. And then when the next time I saw him, I told him what I'd done and. I actually didn't see him. I saw his um, other person and just told them what I'd done and they were not very happy with me, but um, I said, you know, let them know if I need a methotrexate again, but I haven't. So, yeah. yes, but I was very lucky.
0: So you went through, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, but you went through the reintroduction process and you started to – add and more of the uh, recommended sequence foods and expand your diet. Meanwhile, keeping your pain levels really, really low or only occasionally, as you said, like in the wrist um, and was able to do it all without any further use of the medication or painkillers. And then you got to a two-year mark now, isn't it, since you've been doing this? Um, and then... You had a conversation with the head of rheumatology recently who phoned you. Can you tell us about that conversation?
1: Yeah, well, that's what kind of triggered me to get in touch with you because I had a bit of a moment when he rang me because it was the same guy that um, I saw privately because I've now gone onto the public system for, and I've cancelled a few appointments with him because I've been so well and haven't needed to see them. And he rang me um, during lockdown because we weren't able to go and see patient, you know, on contact. So he rang me and he goes, uh, you know, just catching up, and he said, so I believe you're not taking methotrexate. And I said, no. And um, he said, so how have you been? I said, I've been very well. I said, I've, you know, hardly got any um, left, a little bit in my wrist and probably that's about all. And I said, I'm doing a... Um, the He goes, oh, I, I noted it that he, I was doing the Patterson program, although I don't know if he knows what that is, but he had it on my notes and he said, I said, that's basically a whole food plant based diet and lots of exercise. And I said, it's keeping me really fit and well. Yeah. And he just said, oh, well, so keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And if you need us, we'll be there. But yeah, he just, yeah, he just didn't really put any emphasis into it or ask any more questions about what I was doing, but I was just happy that, you know, I'm able to tell him I'm well. And especially um, with COVID-19 at the moment, I'm pretty happy I'm not on methotrexate. I'm so happy. And I said that to him. I said, I'm so glad I'm able to not be on methotrexate because otherwise my husband is an essential worker. So he wouldn't have been able to go to work and I would have had to isolate and all that, you know, and I've still been able to go to my work. So pretty excited wow, yeah, about cool. that. So he's discharged me from rheumatology. He discharged you? Yes. Um, on the proviso I can go back if need bit. So I am so excited. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> so awesome. And I just, um, when he discharged discharge me, I just thought, well, there you go. Yeah, you can do it. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome.
0: yeah. awesome. Awesome. Um, well, congratulations! I mean, it's no, it's no easy thing. This is something that you've put a lot, a lot of effort into, and no one gets to where you're at without putting in huge amounts of discipline. So, well done. Now, your husband—any um, observed changes in his physique, strength, energy, sleep, anything like that?
1: Oh, it's hilarious because. Uh, like I said, he's a meat and potatoes guy, was a meat and potatoes guy. So he's, he's been with me all the way. I take my hat off to him. And um, so he's totally whole food plant-based as well. Like I said before, we were um, doing paleo and we ride a tandem together. And while we were doing paleo, we were riding like rubbish. We, our riding was really bad. And he's quite a hard hour cyclist as well. Since going um, vegan, his cycling has just gone amazing, and both of us when we're on the tandem have been doing way better, so he's pretty excited about that. He has osteo as well from old rugby injuries in his fingers. um, That's gone, pretty much gone. He couldn't get his ring on and off. Um, Now his fingers are really good, and, yeah, he's amazed. Um, so he's noticed a lot of changes and um, likes to tell people about his changes and <laughs> promote it. But um, He's also got a, a blood disorder called hemochromatosis, which is when your body doesn't get rid of iron, it's a genetic disorder. So his iron tends to get stored in his liver, which is really bad for you. Um, but since he's been doing this, his... Iron levels have been really good and he hasn't had to have, um, because normally they treat it by taking blood out. So he hasn't had to have that as often as he would have normally. So Mm. he's been pretty good. And even his blood doctor said to him, I'll just keep doing what you're doing or you're, you know, Mm. things are looking really good. So Mm. I don't know, maybe it's the difference between having heme iron and not having heme iron. I don't
0: know. That's a good guess. Very good guess. So yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, but I don't know. But that's a that's as good as guess as I currently could have. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I just think yeah, he's just loving it, and he loves um, kale. He loves broccoli. <laughs> he has a green juice every morning, which is like, where's my husband? What are you done with them? <laughs> and he just loves vegetables, and yeah. yeah. So I'm pretty much no, good. Yeah, yeah. That's and, and even my children. Um, all my children are doing amazingly and some of them are eating a lot more plant-based. Um, when they come to my house, they love my cooking and, yeah, and they send me recipes when they make a plant-based recipe. and Yeah, yeah and that's it really makes me so great, happy. Great flow on effect. Um, and my daughter in Melbourne, they're raising their child dairy-free um, with maybe meat once a week and she's thriving. She's one-year-old and she's just – yeah, doing so well. So it's really good to see it's flowing on, even into my workplace. I make the girls at work, women in our working shed, listen to your podcast all the time. So, you know, they're all listening to it and taking it on board. So it's really good.
0: It's yeah, awesome. yeah. The, the great thing about it is that there's no downside. That's the thing. It's not like anything else that you can put into your body. We're just eating plants. We're just eating uh, completely renewable Energy source and the plant doesn't yeah. suffer. You can just, yeah. you know, get very excited about the sort of uh, no impact way that we can live our life, and we can also influence others to do this sort of harm-free eating and and healthy eating. And you know, the body's designed to. Eat plants, and yes, we can okay. eat other things. we can consume we, we, you see what people stuff into their into their mouths and they still survive for you know a good amount of time. The body's extremely robust, unbelievable yeah. how we can eat different stuff and still live but, um, but the ideal fuel source is uh, is some complex carbohydrates, and then the more different varieties of fiber that we 're consuming, the better our microbiome and that keeps our immune system well, and you know, I just get so happy hearing about your your story. So, I want to try and impart some words of wisdom, other than the inspiration that you've provided, uh, some words of wisdom. Wisdom, Juliet's Juliet's top three or top four things that you must do when you're following this program:
1: exercise. That's big. That is huge. If I go more than three days without exercising, I can feel it in my body. And if a joint sore, like I did notice I was going to the gym for a while, if a joint sore like a shoulder, you work it out hard or as hard as you can go on that shoulder, and the next day it feels amazing.
0: Can I stop you there? Because that's such an important point. And this is a point that most people may sort of shrug or frown and say, are you sure? And then maybe not take action on. I have found for the major joints, which uh, now I've not had a trouble with shoulders, but major joints, I consider to be shoulders, elbows, and knees. So I've definitely had my share of experience with the elbows and knees. Okay. And I can say with great confidence that for my body, that the, the, Major joints that I've experienced problems with those elbows and knees respond best to challenge and being pushed. So, I love that you've had the similar experience with shoulders, which are another major joint. Because I was told by one medical professional that I should not move my left elbow if it hurts to move it, and that one ended up in surgery real quick. That was a disaster, okay? Yeah, so. When the right one started to see symptoms, uh, you know, I went hard on that and I went hard on my knee too. And I got that into a fantastic place after it was, you know, you know looking at uh, knee replacement like 12 years ago. So um, yes, now with the, with the footnote being that um, we have to find through careful trial and error the right exercise for us and our joints, for our body. But the goal should be if the joint is one of those three majors, then the goal should be to try and find a quite a strong or you know um you know quite challenging exercise that we can do each day that feels better the next day. Would you agree?
1: Yes. I would definitely agree um and it kind of it's funny to think about working that out when it's so sore, but um It really, it pumps the blood, from what I understand, it pumps the blood into there, which heals the joints or, you know, helps repair stuff. So um, while it might hurt a little bit, you just got to push it as much as you can. And even, like, things like doing push-ups, I used to think, oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to do a push-up because my wrists are so bad and, you know. But if you can push yourself try not to injure yourself, but if you can push yourself in a safe way and just get blood to that joint, man, it makes such a difference. Yeah, you know, I, I, I agree.
0: That. I agree. And a lot of people would be like, there's no way I'm putting pressure on that joint. or There's no way I'm, I'm going to try and get up off the floor um, with that knee or whatever. And, and that might be the current situation and that might be how things are today. And we respect that. And we listen to our body. However, it's all i want to do is just just really underline what you're saying because it's worked for me and i want to say that explore explore and see what your body can do and never go to the point of extreme pain but a no. little bit of discomfort when you're exercising a little bit of discomfort may be still perfectly fine as long as you don't feel worse the next day.
1: That's yeah. right, yeah. And and it's just trying different things. Like I've got some of those, I don't know what you call them, but yeah.
0: Grip strengtheners?
1: Yeah, nice. Um, And if I do three sets of 10 while I'm watching TV at night, if my hands have been a little bit sore, if I've been doing something extra at work, man, the next day they're fine. So even down to little things like that and bands, you know, just the bands and pulling them out, just sitting while you're watching TV and getting some bands and doing some exercises with bands. It's really good. And whatever part you saw, just, you know, even if you just employ a personal trainer for an hour and just get some ideas what you can do at home with a personal trainer because they're good at showing you, you know, how not to injure yourself as well and how to do things correctly. So... That, that helped me a lot too. I got some advice from a personal trainer who showed me safe ways of working out my shoulders so I didn't pop anything or do anything a bit weird. The other thing I just want to mention um, is before I started the Patterson program, I'd lost so much. I'm quite a small frame. I'd lost so much muscle tone from not being able to do my daily whatever that I look like a – I look terrible – Oh, shocking! I had no muscle tone, and I was slim, and I d- it just didn't look good. So, um, being able to work out and get a little bit of muscle tone back just helps everything every day. Just being able to lift. Even um, one time when I was really small, my seven-year-old—oh, she was about five or six—grandchild was on standing on the couch, and she launched herself at me, and I had to catch her, otherwise she was going to fall. And I'm like, "Oh my God, this is going to hurt so much." <laughs> But now I'm just, you know, they can do that to me and I'm fine. It's just get that muscle tone back, you know? Yeah. You yeah. Do it it we helps so
0: much. We definitely listen to the same podcast. Um, yeah. I, uh, I say that strength defeats inflammation. We need to get strong. And strong is different for each of us. Strength for one of us might just mean being able to open the handle of the of the draw or the car door, or that might be strength. Strength for another person might be able to do a couple of chin-ups at, at the gym, and that's, that's, you know, the strength for them. Whatever strength looks like for your physical capacity and your current set of ability, um, go for it. Go for the maximum strength we can get within our own limitations because the strength um, means that our muscles do a lot of the work rather than the joints having to be depended upon. And the strength also means that the major muscles take the pressure away from the ligaments and tendons, which get inflamed as well. So when you've got, say, a bigger bicep muscle and a bigger tricep muscle, that means less pain because of uh, the tendonitis that develops in the back of the elbow and less Uh, pain due to the synovitis that's in the joint itself because the muscles are doing the work. They're like shock absorbers and um, uh, pneumatic lifters. So, yep, I'm, I'm loving what you're saying because it's not coming from me. It's coming from you and it's your experience. And you are saying this is what works and you have gotten rid of your inflammation. You are the example that we are tuned in to pay attention to. So what works is to challenge the joints if they hurt, as long as you're doing it safely and you find the way that works for you. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Anything else that's an absolute must do whilst you're on your journey?
1: I stick pretty much to the diet if I stray from it too much. Um, I can actually have a little bit of oil, not too much, and I can have a little bit of bread, but a little too much bread and then I know, you know I get a bit sore. So I pretty much stick to whole foods, plant-based. I do a lot of my own cooking. I love cooking, so um and I yeah, like making up recipes within that, you know, food frame. Um so I think sticking to the food is a must. Um and I do, I like um, experimenting with like adaptogens and um, that type of superfoods and um, putting them all in my smoothies or making up um, like I make up a brew with um, mushrooms, chaga yeah. and all that thing. And I drink that instead of trying not to have a coffee, I'll have my mushroom brew and it's nice. It's really lovely. It's like a nice mushroom stock it's good, yeah, good for you as well. So um, yeah. little things like that and smoothies. Like I like to put things in my smoothies like um, chia and hemp seeds. I can have a little bit of that without too much problems. And a favourite thing I've just found is um, one called ashwagandha. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes, but put-
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just finding, yeah, that's really yeah. nice. And I try, I'm just trying like, um, to have a smoothie for my breakfast now, and then just have a good lunch and a good dinner. And,
0: yeah. Um, what's your smoothie? To, what's your What's your breakfast smoothie?
1: Uh, my breakfast smoothie is. Let's try to think now. It's hemp. Uh, sorry, hemp, chia, and flax seeds. That I grind them up myself and just keep them in the fridge. Then I put in some spirulina, ashwagandha, moringa powder. Oh yeah. And then I put in some, when I chop up my kale, I do it like a meal prep every week and I chop up kale for my salads and the bottom half of it goes into a smoothie bag. So that goes into my smoothie with some spinach and then I put some fruit on the top. And if I've done a hard workout, I might put a scoop of protein powder in there, but not all the time, lid on. That's my smoothie. Okay.
0: Sorry. And what? any fruits in there? Did I miss the fruit?
1: Frozen fruit, sorry, on the top.
0: Frozen just, fruits, just a yeah. mixed of mixture. Yeah,
1: yeah. I either put a blueberry mix, or I get like a tropical mix, which just got passion fruit and mango in
0: it. Oh gosh! Oh, that right there. Yeah, yeah, that sounds fantastic.
1: Yeah, no, it's delicious.
0: Yeah, so I yeah, do that yeah. every day. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, well, it's no wonder you're well. There, yeah, yeah. We we had a few little uh, <laughs> video pauses there, oh, but and, and uh,
1: my, sorry, my. My juice, I do a juice still every morning, my um, green juice. But I've added to that now. i put in ginger and fresh turmeric, if I can get it, and a little bit of black pepper.
0: Wonderful. As well as
1: and cucumber. Yeah,
0: love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those little extra touches are beautiful. Well done. Well, thank you. This has been, you know, really, really cool to hear all the things that you've done. And um, how can people follow you on Instagram?
1: Um, it's R-A underscore whole food plant-based, W-F-P-B and underscore mama, M-U-M-M-A.
0: Okay, wonderful. We'll put that in the show notes too, so people can just click straight through it so it's easy. Um, R-A underscore whole, flu, whole, whole food plant-based as in the acronym, uh, underscore mama. Okay, beautiful. Well, thanks very much for... Going through this and then being very transparent about the challenges that you had with your initial you know uh, breast cancer situation, um, which was very challenging, and then on to your round two in the ring this time battling rheumatoid arthritis, and you know you really are resilient and so congratulations on all that you've achieved with your health and I wish you all the very best and I'll look at your uh, recipes that you put up on your instagram and uh, and look more forward for more updates so Thanks a lot.
1: Yeah, thanks, Clint. I mean, um, I'm just so happy I found you. And um, yeah, you've really influenced my life and my family and friends. So um, thanks, heaps. It's been wonderful.
0: Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier and happier life, visit RheumatoidSolutions.com.